Well, that's Batman. It's different. How's it different? This is the Fantastic Four. We haven't had a great Fantastic Four movie yet. It's arguable that we never had a great Batman movie hey, either. Those old Batmans were pretty good. One of them was pretty good. The others okay. were halfway decent at best. They were pretty good compared to everything else. I watched the 1989 one the other night when I was making things. That's the good one. Yeah, so I started watching it the other day and the like, kids I laughed were running a whole around. Lot. Yeah. <laughs> we're dancing with the devil in the pale moonlight. <laughs> Honey, you'll never believe what happened to me today. <laughs> oh, man. And where is Batman? He's at home, washing his tights. <laughs> I love Jack Nicholson. I so much. So much. Just by myself, while I'm cutting. <laughs> <laughs> cutting this knife through fabric. Yeah. I'm almost through How I Met Your Mother again. Yeah? I'm on season six, about halfway Holy through. Shit. That was fast. Yeah. I've had a lot of time. Hell yeah. You know what else has a lot of time? The Savage Land! Yeah. Oh, welcome back to the Savage Land. That is Marty Friedman with Ripped! <laughs> <laughs> How's it going, guys? <laughs> Wonderful. Great. We are amped up and, and just ready to go because we're, we're now ripped, officially. <laughs> I don't want to be ripped. <laughs> if that's how ripped is, I don't want to <laughs> be ripped. I don't want it. Oh, man. Let's, uh, let's introduce our panelists. Mitch. Rachel. And I'm Jason. Welcome back. It's been a, a nice, lovely, great week. Uh, what, what are you two been up to? Let's start with Rachel. Oh, the usual. The usual. Playing Arkham Knight? Yes. <laughs> Where are you at in the game right now? Um. Well, uh, story-wise, I can't really remember. Okay. I know I'm going after the Arkham Knight. I'm really, really close to ending that story, but I'm doing all the side missions. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Which uh, which side missions have you completed recently? Well, I gave up on the Riddler because I decided fuck the Riddler and <laughs> fuck Catwoman. I'm not going to save her. You're not going to save Catwoman? Because <laughs> the Riddler pissed me off. Fuck that person. guy and his riddles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people have said that about him over the years. Commissioner, <laughs> the Riddler's on the loose. Yeah, fuck that guy and his riddles. I don't know how Batman puts up with him, honestly. Yeah. If you watch Gotham, he's a very annoying and weird individual in Gotham. I, I actually, liked him in Gotham. I really liked it. I yeah. think he was my favorite character in Gotham. Oh, no, and I, I love that he's annoying and crazy. Oh, yeah. Like, that's my favorite part about him, but he totally is. <laughs> like, if you knew him, you'd just be like, fuck this guy, what the hell? That's how I feel about him. Yeah. It's pretty socially good. awkward. Very socially awkward. Holy hell. And dude can't get a date to save his life. He's just, like, always talking to, what's her name, Miss, uh, Miss... You feel bad Fluffy for him bottom. I don't know. Yeah, like, I, do. I really feel bad for him. I'm like, man, I want to help this guy out. No, I fuck know. that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's not the guy in Arkham Knight yet, all right? He's just a little... He's little. But he will be. Yeah. And then fuck that Well, maybe guy. if he would have gotten a date, he wouldn't have been. 
That's true. Maybe yeah, I maybe wouldn't have kidnapped Miss... Catwoman and I wouldn't have to go save her stupid ass. See? Maybe, was it Miss Brandt? I feel like it was Miss Brandt. I can't remember. Oh. I dropped off of Gotham halfway through. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> I never watched it. It's, it's a pretty decent Actually, show. Actually, I watched about ten minutes and I was very confused as to why little child Selena Kyle knew what happened to Batman's parents. Because she saw it. And I'm like, what? She was Fuck up this. on the roof when it happened, and she saw the whole thing. Yeah, I didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine with it, because like, it's, it's definitely way different from, you know, actual canon. But I like the difference, you know? It's like, ah, oh, look at... Look at all these guys. Look at this little little ragtag bunch of villains here. I don't know. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> it gets really hammy, and the writing's not fantastic, but it's network television, and for the standard of network television, it's, it's pretty good. It's definitely better than other procedurals like, you know, Blue Boys or NYPD Blue. It's or Blue Boys. It's the Tom Selleck cop show. Oh. <clears throat> yeah. No, it's Blue Bloods. Isn't oh, Blue it? Bloods. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Same thing. How do I? Know I guess that? Blue Boys is the spinoff where they all just paint themselves blue and they're yeah, young. Then they just say, "I blew myself." <laughs> it's Tobias's cop spinoff. <laughs> yes. Holy cow! I would totally watch that. <laughs> He's now an analropist officer. Yes. Yes, officer analropist. I don't know. One of the two. Analropist of the law. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's sick. Oh, man. So what have you been doing, Mitch? Watching a ton of How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> Where are you at right now? Season six, um, episode eight, I think. Episode eight. Somewhere in there. And you just watched, let's see, actually, I, I came in for the, the last part of uh, the last episode you watched, which was the one where Marshall has to fire... What's the one guy, name? creepy guy that gets in a played by Will Forte. Bloody nose when he gets an erection. Yeah, I, lo- by... I love that. So <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I love so the t- good. <laughs> I love the times when he doesn't like say anything about his erection, but you just see his yeah, nose you just bleeding. See the blood. <laughs> so good. It's like ah, you guy, those fellas, they got us. They got us good. <laughs> I love that show though. I still actually, I still have not watched the last episode, and I refuse to watch the last episode. Why? He's heard about it, probably. I've heard about it, and I know. I mean, I know fairly well what's going to happen, but some of the things that are going to happen, I disagree with, and some of the other things, I just don't want to even know. And in my mind, the show can just continue <laughs> going on forever because I've never seen the end to it. You know, I've seen the end, and at first, it pissed me off. But as I've watched it this time and thought about it, I think it makes some sense Yeah. in the end. That's how I felt about it. And so it took me a little while to get over that, but now I think it makes sense in the end. (sighs) Maybe some point in the far future, after I've got a show as good as How I Met Your Mother to take its place on a consistent basis, because Community just like takes two years off and then comes out with a new season. So, (laughs) yeah. I'm just going to I'm just going to allow myself the fantasy that the show still goes on. Okay. Yeah. I'll allow it. I still always thought it would be really cool for them to do like a How I Met Your Father spin-off. They Paul was the wife. Tried to do How I Met Your Dad and it flopped so bad that I don't even think it got it might have gotten an episode in. Did they? Yeah. It was called How I Met Your Dad. How I Met Your Dad. But it dad. wasn't from the mother's perspective, it was another lady. Hmm. 
That sounds stupid. Yeah. It was... I never watched it, but it sounded pretty bad when I read about it. Holy shit, they actually did do that. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? I'm like... <laughs> I'm getting insanely skeptical. I'm like, I don't know about this, Mitch. <laughs> I don't know if you've I, checked I your facts. I remember hearing about it, but... Is it even the same producers? Is it even Carter Bays and uh, what's-his-face? I think I had some people that were involved, but I don't think everybody was. Here's the storyline. Follows Sally on the journey of how she met her husband. She lives in New York with her friends, is getting divorced from her first husband, and has no idea what she is doing with her life. Sounds horrible. Yeah, yeah, sounds fucking terrible. <laughs> from what I understand, there was going to be like cameos from the How I Met Your Mother cast. Oh boy, where they would run into each other, but just kind of like walkbys. And I guess there was another McLaren's on the other side of town. And that's so weird. It sounds horrible. Yeah. yeah, I'm like trying to figure out. It doesn't look like the actual producers are. You know, the, the producers of How I Met Your Mother, uh, Carter Bays and Craig Thomas. Oh, nope, they are. They totally were. Oh, that's disappointing. What the hell, man? <laughs> Trying to get money off of the thunder that How I Met Your Mother brought. Uh, that's annoying. That's really annoying. It's like three Hobbit movies. Those guys were oh, like God. a couple of my heroes. And now I can't even look at them the same way anymore. I don't think they were the driving force behind it, though. I think behind it was, How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, well, yeah, um, the How I Met Your Dad. Oh. I don't think they were the driving force behind that. Yeah, I think it was. Was it CBS that How I Met Your Mother was on? Yeah, I no. think they were the ones. Whatever the network was, was the driving force behind it. That makes sense. What's weird is that uh, so the the writers were you know Craig Thomas and Carter Bays, um, but they also wrote with first of all the star of it. Um, whose name is Greta Gerwig. That's an awful name for an actress. <laughs> that is a horrible name. <laughs> um, and, and Emily Spivay, whoever the hell that is. Um, but Meg Ryan was actually in that pilot. What? Yeah. This just sounds horrible, the whole thing. This is... I'm glad none of this ever happened. Yeah, they, they made one episode for the pilot and didn't get picked up, which is probably good. That's so weird that Meg Ryan is... Wait, is Meg Ryan the narrator? She probably is. Wait, let's see. She is. Meg Ryan is nice. the narrator instead of... Uh, um, Bob Saget. Bob freaking Saget. <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> it's like great in a way that like I'm really glad that this can just remain in my imagination and never have to see it ever. <laughs> God. Oh, man. Speaking of spinoffs... I'm not going to talk about a spinoff. I'm going to talk about a sequel. <laughs> I just, right before, we, uh, right before we started recording, I watched Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, the fifth installment of the Mission Impossible franchise, starring Tom Cruise. The best crazy man ever. Yeah. He was so good in this movie. I can't, so first of all, um, sh- uh, Ghost Protocol. I was going to say Shadow Recruit, but that's another franchise. Um <laughs> But Ghost Protocol, the, the last Mission Impossible, the fourth one, which is directed by uh, Brad Bird, who did The Incredibles, um, and also Tomorrowland, a bunch of other things. Um, that one was one of my favorite action movies ever. Uh, did you? Did either of you guys see Bro- Ghost Protocol? No. Damn. What the hell? Have either of you seen Mission Impossible at all? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which ones? The first one. Just the first? 
Yes. What about I think you? I saw the first three. How many are there? There's five now. Oh, this is the fifth. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw the first three because three was when they had Limp Biscuit do the theme song, wasn't it? I believe so, actually. It's, well, three was the one with uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. No, that was two. That was, was two, it? yeah. Because two, because that's I when he's in Utah. I remember the Metallica song was yep. off two. Maybe I only saw the first two. Yeah. Wait, did you see? So you're thinking of uh, like when he's, you know, doing the rock climbing and all that crap? Might be. Because that's two. They it's went, been they so long since that. I've watched any of them that. Yeah. So I'll give you my quick ranking of the franchise from, from best to worst. Four, five, one, two, three. So, what I'm saying basically is go watch four and five because they're really good. Especially four. Four is fantastic, but we're, we're here to talk about Rogue Nation. At least I am. I know my <laughs> dream man is in it. In, in four I or think five? He's in four and five. Oh, Simon Pegg? Yes. Yes, he's in both. <laughs> and he's fantastic in both. More reason for you to see it. Yes. And Hawkeye's in it. Oh, okay. Yeah, in both of them. Well, he's okay. He's ugly cute. He really is. <laughs> I always look at his face. <laughs> I look at his face a lot, and I'm like, man, why is he attractive? I have no idea why. It's not like Stephen Amell yeah. where I look at him and I go, this is just a beautiful man yeah, that was carved no. out of stone. He's ugly cute. Yeah. Like, he's so ugly that he's cute. Yeah, he's got, like, a puffy face yeah. and, like, a really bulgy nose <laughs> yeah. at the bottom, and <clears throat> he's got, like, moles. That's all I can use to describe him is he's yeah. ugly cute. But he is, I mean, he's, I, I guess, he's not quite as badass in Mission Impossible as he is in, like, uh, the Bourne, the new Bourne films, or I guess he's only been in one of the Bourne films thus far, or uh, Avengers, but he's still pretty cool. But Simon Pegg is just gloriously fantastic. Um, but this movie, like, I, so I went in kind of, I had some high hopes because I'd heard some good reviews, but at the same time, I've heard good reviews about a lot of movies that I didn't like. So I go in and I watch the first five minutes. I'm like, oh, this guy's going to end up being the bad guy. And this person is going to end up betraying this person. Ugh. And none of the things that I expected happened. Well, like one of the things I expected to happen happened. Other than that, full surprises. Great Mission Impossible stuff. You know, a lot of like the high tech and the espionage and the crazy stunts that Tom Cruise does himself because he refuses to get a stunt double for a lot of things. Um... The things that they filmed are insane. Like, they, they practically, without green screen or anything, filmed the takeoff of a giant military cargo ship with Tom Cruise strapped to the side of it. Yeah, I've seen that in yeah, the trailer. that's in the trailer. And, and he really did that. He really did that, which is crazy, because, like, it's not even just that he's strapped to a plane. It's that it actually took off, which means it was going very fast. And he totally could have died. Totally could have died. It's awesome. Like... And, and, and that actually happens. Maybe like, uh, uh, Zenu gives him the strength <laughs> to do that. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> he prays to L. Ron Hubbard before he goes on, and, and mm-hmm. that's what happens. Yep. That's amazing. I... <laughs> Scientology is amazing. <laughs> it is. I love Scientology. It works wonders for Tom Cruise. Gives Mormons sure. somebody to make fun of. <laughs> Yeah, they're kind of in the same boat. Yeah, they kind of are. It's true. Except for at least Mormonism was founded over 100 years ago. Yeah. I don't really care about time. There's a lot of things that were founded a long time ago that I don't care about, like uh, the KKK, for instance. Their time does not give them any more credibility. (laughs) I'm sorry. Scientologists should know going into it that late 
that it's full of bullshit. Hmm. I mean, you get a big following all of a sudden, and it's what it was starting in the '60s. You know what else came on really late? Cell phones. I believe in them. I'm just saying, just because something came on late. Cell phones aren't wrong. a religion, though. They aren't a religion, but I mean, <laughs> they probably are to somebody. Scientology. Cell phones support science. Scientology goes against science. Yeah, but I mean, you know, but I, I'm I'm so playing devil's advocate because I, I think Scientologists are completely batshit crazy. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is you know, by collecting new information, which then changes your opinion. The Church of Scientology was just a collection of some new information that would change somebody's opinion on how the world got here. I'm just, you know, just for or devil's advocate, because I don't, I don't money think... scheme? Well, of course. I, okay, I'm not saying that I believe in Scientology. <laughs> what I am saying is I can see how somebody might possibly at some point maybe believe in it. Because if somebody's convincing enough, and if, if you, you know, look at the quote-unquote facts... And, and decide that, you know, this is information that I believe is, is better than the current information that I have about however humans got here, then you might start to see things that person's way and really kind of allow them to infect your mind a little bit, change your opinion, change your worldview, all that fun stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. That's, that's all I'm saying is, I, you know, in Scientologists' defense... Oh, I, I love Scientologists. Yeah. They're entertaining, that's for sure. Especially oh, yeah. one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. But no, this <laughs> this movie was fantastic. I mean, and, and so the, the guy that wrote and directed this movie is the same guy who wrote Edge of Tomorrow, which was amazing. He also uh, wrote Jack Reacher, another amazing Tom Cruise movie. He also wrote Valkyrie, another pretty good Tom Cruise movie. <laughs> and there's one other script that he wrote. Back in 1995, for a fantastic movie, a little bit different, but in a way not as much. Directed by Brian Singer, starring Kevin Spacey. Anyone know what it is? Um, also, Garden starring, of Good and Evil. Nope. Also starring Benicio del Toro. <laughs> That's the only Kevin Spacey movie I can think of. Really? <laughs> yeah. Not like his most famous one. Uh, seven. Nope. The one that the one that made Kevin Spacey Kevin Spacey. I don't know. I give up. Usual Suspects. Oh, I never saw that. You never saw that? No. Oh, so good. But yeah, this guy wrote Usual <laughs> Suspects, <laughs> Usual Suspects, Valkyrie, Jack Reacher, Edge of Tomorrow, and now this Mission Impossible movie with you know some other things thrown in there. But like, that's pretty good pedigree, and I really believe in him now. You know, I just I, I have him right in my heart. <laughs> this uh, this Christopher McQuarrie. But yeah, everyone go see Mission Impossible after you see Ant-Man, because I'm getting really worried about the box office results of Ant-Man, <laughs> especially now with Mission Impossible taking over the world. But it's a great movie, and they're hopefully doing a sixth one, which would make two trilogies in the Mission Impossible franchise. The Decent Trilogy and then The Great Trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> and in this case, unlike Star Wars, the newer trilogy is the better one. Because, I mean, Mission Impossible kind of trailed off there for the second and third. But then Brad Bird brought it back. But yeah, guys. That's, that's what I've right. seen. Rachel, I heard you've been reading some comic books. Yes. Very out of character for you. <laughs> right? First of all, I want to ask, what brought on this change? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, my boss held my comics hostage. Are you serious? Yeah, because every week I will go to the nerd store 
mm-hmm. and I will get pretzels and comic books. <laughs> okay. And I came back this week and I went a little overboard and he took them and he said, I have a problem. And he said that he's going to put me on a budget and he took them from me. like legit. Wow. He should have done an intervention. That's what he said he was Everyone doing. Needs an intervention. Like, you have a problem. I want to start doing random interventions. You've been watching a lot of How I Met Your Mother. Seems like it'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's one that I actually read that I held it up and I exclaimed to my office that this is the best comic <laughs> really? that I've read in a while, and it's called Five Ghosts. Five Ghosts? I haven't heard of it. Um, let's see who was written. Frank J. Barbary. I've never heard of him. I've never heard this of him. This is surprising. Either. It's an image comics okay. book. But okay. Let me try to like think here. Yeah, no worries. Thoughts are good. <sighs> okay. So there's this dream stone. Mm-hmm. And while we're dreaming, all stories of all time, everything that's ever been written, every story is all connected between everybody while they're dreaming. Okay. So, the guy, the lead guy, his name is Fabian Gray. Just think of him like Indiana Jones. Okay. Um, He takes the dream stone and it kind of infects him. And he gets possessed by five ghosts. But they're literary ghosts. Okay? Okay. So, the ghosts are Merlin, Robin Hood, Sherlock Holmes, Miyamoto, Mushashi, and Count Dracula. And he has Hmm. the powers of each ghost. Like, he can manifest them and, like, fight like that. At will? Yeah. He can choose which one and everything? Yeah. Well, the first volume is him kind of learning how to control Mm -hmm. everything because the ghosts don't want to be there. Yeah. So he has to do all their trials and pass their trials before they'll help him. Mm Mm-hmm. Fucking awesome. That's really cool. I, I really, really liked it. It's like Indiana Jones, but possessed by ghosts. Yeah. That's awesome. And it's like really like pulpy old school style. Yeah. Like Fabian Gray and the trials of the five ghosts. It's really awesome. That's sick. The art is great. Really? I, just, I loved it. I Who does the art? Do you know I the just art? just held it up. <laughs> like, oh my God, you guys. This is the greatest comic I've read in a while. That's so cool. Um, artist is Chris. Mooneyham. Why the and, hell are And Gary these... Brown. That surprises me so much that I've never heard of any of these people. I've never heard of any of them either. But Maybe really we should cool. do it for next one's comic book club. It is We've so done Marvel good. and DC now, so why not do yeah. it? it? Yeah. I absolutely loved it. That's awesome. Highly That's a good idea, it. Mitch. We should do that after we do our uh, Black Mirror review, which is, is that next week? I think it's two weeks. I think it's next week. I'm pretty sure it's next week. Is it? I bought it. I just need to read it. There you go. It's so good. Yeah, I I need to read it again, too. I'll read it this week. I think it's next week, but it might be two weeks from now. I think it depends on if we all (laughs) read it this week. So There's that. (laughs) So if we all read it this week, it'll be next week. If not, we'll let you know. Um, That's really cool. it's, It's always nice when somebody has an original idea for something, you know, rather than like a, a twist or a take on, on another concept that somebody else has already done. And I'm sure there are a lot of, you know, homages and, and things like that, but like the actual concept of the story is like super original on that. Yeah. And that's awesome. I, I really, really enjoyed it. It was a nice break. Yeah. Yeah. From all the superheroes. And I guess that's, I, I just barely realized that I was like for half a second, I was like, Oh, what, how would they do the rights on all that? And I'm like, wait a minute. 
they're all public domain. Ah. <laughs> exactly. That's really nice. Sometimes I kind of wish that like characters like Spider-Man and Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman would like enter into the public domain so anyone could have their hand at them. But then at the same time, I'm like, eh. Uh, nah. I'm not sure that's the best yeah. idea. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it would kind of suck. Pretty crazy things out yeah. there if that was the case. It would kind of suck to start seeing Batman show up in Marvel comics and stuff like that. Like, I, it would be cool, but... I know. Yeah. I'm glad that they... Because, like, Superman was supposed to enter into the public domain for a while, but I think up until Mickey Mouse enters into the public domain, everyone's going to be able to keep their stuff, <laughs> which is cool. But I... Uh, yeah, I really, 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 really just love... <laughs> I'm sorry, I just wanted to lead you guys down a rabbit hole and then see where I was going and not deliver anything on that. Well, you succeeded. I did. Um, but yeah, I was really... worried about what you were going to say there for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> it could have gone anywhere. It really Considering could've... the movie we're reviewing today. Yeah. I and and right before we go into our bad our bad movie review, um I just want to make a quick little request that anybody who hasn't seen Ant-Man yet, please go and see it. Because right now, as it stands, Ant-Man has the lowest box office opening, or second lowest box office opening of any MCU movie. Oh. Yeah. And you're doing yourself a disservice if you haven't seen it yet. Because it's good. So, so good. good. It's, I love it so much. Right? Like, it's so much better than, like, most of Phase 1 of Marvel. Like, it's better than both Thor movies, I think. Better yeah. than the first Cap. Better yeah, than I the Incredible Hulk. That one, but... Better than Iron Man 2. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm like, it's it's just paining me watching it and just being like, oh, poor little Ant-Man. Poor Ant-Man. But it looks like the box office is, is actually picking up for it. It seems like, you know, because like with Guardians, I was worried about Guardians, but it actually had a pretty dang good opening weekend. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, okay, they'll be fine. But with Ant-Man, it's like super small. And I'm like, oh, no. But I guess it's fitting that Ant-Man would start small. But it's been, it was number one two weeks in a row, wasn't it? Um, yeah, it was number one two weeks in a row, so. but compared to the competition. And I'm just looking, I'm just looking like... Could be that people just aren't going to see movies right now. Yeah, it's true. I, I just, I hope it does well. Especially because like now that Mission Impossible is out, that's going to be drawing a lot of their crowd. And I don't think they have yeah. much to worry about about Fantastic Four because it's not on track to do very well opening. But we'll see how well that movie goes. Because the day after you listen to this episode, the new Fantastic Four will be released. Which brings us to our bad movie review of the week. <laughs> Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer. Written and directed by Tim Story. Tim Tom Story. Tim Tom Story. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Give me, really quick before we dive into it, let's say... Three words or less. What's your opinion of this movie? It was terrible. It wasn't as bad as I thought it would be, actually. <laughs> really? I'm going to go with... Generic. But... All right. I don't know, I don't know if I'll stretch for all right. Not the best it was yeah so but not bad yeah it had okay we'll, we'll just go ahead and get into it i 
for me, I actually really liked most of the actors in the movie. Yeah, I like them too. I think Chris Evans was was fantastic as Human Torch again. Mm-hmm. Mike Chiklis was good as Ben Grimm. I don't like him. I don't like him as Ben Grimm human because he looks nothing like Ben Grimm ever looked. But I like him as the thing. Yeah, a lot. I couldn't fucking stand Jessica Alba though. She, yeah, she's awful. She was just like constantly falling over. Yeah. All the time. <laughs> it was really bad. Did. And her eyes looked like somebody in an anime, like animation department yeah, from Japan. They were like very distracting. Yeah, right? So like she, insanely she distracting. Just kept falling over and then she had these big fake blue eyes. Yeah. And like they didn't do that in the first movie. That was just something that randomly happened on the second movie. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's super weird. And like I hated it. <laughs> and every time that she talked, I was like, like the lines that she had. Every single line that she had, I'm like, oh, you probably should have said it a different way. Yeah. It was real, just, she's not a good actress. And like every single, I guess every <laughs> single, there's only two, but in both Fantastic Four movies, they just find ways to make her naked but not see anything over and over. Yeah, that's true. Like, what the fuck? And then just like the generic, like there were so many like moments in this movie that you've seen in a million other movies. Yes. Like the Chris Evans overhears them talking about him thing, and then he storms off. Which is, like, completely contradictory to who he is. Like, if he overheard them talking about him or, like, disbanding the team or whatever, yeah. he would have just gone right in and been like, what? Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. But instead, they make him skulky or whatever. Yeah. And then, like, despite the fact that they've had, like, people clamoring all around them the entire movie, all of a sudden Thing and Human Torch are able to just sit alone in a bar and have no one disturb them. <laughs> like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> There, there was a lot of bad things, obviously. Yeah. One good thing mm-hmm. that I noticed that I enjoyed was the banter between the thing and human torch. Yeah, that, that was, was good. actually pretty good because I that's that. how they are. Totally, I really liked that. I think actually. that was the best part of the movie. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I think Mike Chiklis and and Chris Evans were were by far the best parts of the movie. Yes. I hated the blatant product placement. Like, what the f... You really? You put a Dodge <laughs> brand on this car, that, like this hovercraft that you just made, you decided to put the Dodge brand on it and, like, say that it has a Hemi, but, like, there's no way that that vehicle uses a fuel combustion engine that is eight <laughs> cylinders or less. What the fuck? Like, it doesn't have a powertrain. Well, it seems like they added parts of the movie just for product placement. Like, totally. where Johnny's talking about, oh, we should get a jet and get it branded, and then he comes out with the suit that's yeah. got... A ton of brands. Yeah. It's like, okay, let's see how many companies we can get to give us money for 10 seconds of scene. Yeah. It was like, it was kind of making fun of itself. And I wonder if like, it was meant as like a dig at the studio for being like a fuck you guys for forcing this product placement on us or something. I don't know. I I don't know. But yeah, it was pretty blatant product placement throughout the whole thing. And like the fantastic car itself was like designed so that silver surfer and invisible woman would be in the same pod when everyone else went off. Yeah. It was like, for the Fantastic Four, it's really odd that they have a three-piece car. <laughs> like, yeah, kind of dumb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, I did, however, love Doug Jones as, fanta- as a Silver Surfer, though. Yeah, he was great. He was I, awesome. And they used uh, Lawrence Fishburne's voice, which was really cool. I thought... Him was great. Yeah. Silver Surfer is great. His face looks awesome, Silver. <laughs> like, it's it a very, he's a well structured face when you he look is. at it in silver skin. But, okay, what the fuck was up with that 
his stomach plasma screen. Wasn't that stupid? It's the dumbest thing I, I've ever seen. I was watching them like, why, why is this happening? <laughs> There's like a million other things that you could have done with this moment. <laughs> and especially for the fact that his source of power, the surfboard, is not even there. Is this just something as people can do? Uh, what? Just the... Let me show you what happened in, like, in my stomach. Yeah. Like... Like, what? There's like 20 other ways he could have done yeah, that. I thought that was really stupid. He could have like put his hand on her head and had her like see it. Or he could yeah. have just explained it and then shown us a quick <laughs> montage. Or they could have even skipped that moment altogether. Because <laughs> it wasn't yeah. needed. He, he just could have said it. Yeah. He could have been like, oh yeah, kill my fucking people, threaten my wife. Yeah. Yeah. Done. And then, oh, yeah. and then the moment right after. You remind me of her. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that line coming a mile away. Holy shit. Of course she does. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh uh-huh. Most fucking cliched. God. It was like they just took, like, like they just had this big whiteboard of just, like, these are things that have been in other movies. And then they just threw them together. Yeah. You know? Like, throw that in there. Start off successful. Have funny montages. Have conflict with the team being broken up and angry at each other. They switch powers. (laughs) Like... (laughs) Jesus. Oh my God. This guy saves him because he thinks that this girl looks kind of like the girl that he dates back home, but like they probably don't look that similar because his people look completely different from ours and they have like gray skin and stuff like that and apparently no hair, so like she couldn't even have hair, which would really bring into question like how much it could have reminded her of her. Anyway. Maybe he was just lonely. He's Maybe like, he was just oh, lonely. a girl. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'd tap that. For real. <laughs> I think he's just lonely. She's not married yet. That's right. <laughs> like she's hot, but she's just so bad. She's not very hot as a blonde either. Her hair looks like it, it seemed like it was more at the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. but the hair looked off color. I think it was more the eyes that were doing that. It might have been, but the With hair, the I eyes. think it was her skin color cuz she's a little bit darker. She's not mm-hmm. super dark. She's kind of tan. It was that with the hair, it almost made the hair look yellow and yeah. Well, I think it didn't look natural to me. I think a problem they had was that her hair was like bleached to the root, which I mean, even like people who are naturally blonde have kind of a darker root on their hair. Yeah. And so I think that was one problem with it is like, why the fuck does your hair look that way? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, I that combined with her terrible acting skills, it was. Yeah. And what? Okay, did you guys notice Mr. Fantastic's hair? Like, it was weird. Because they had, like... Tying the stripes? Not the... Well, yes, the stripes, but they were different than normal. So, like, in the first movie, the stripes were just, like, gray, right? Yeah. In this movie, they were, like, shaved. Yeah. yeah. I noticed that, it was too. Like, he has, like, long curly hair right here, and then it just ends. Yeah. Right where the stripes are. And it's not gray. It's just shaved. Yeah, it was weird. It looked awkward. It was, like, the weirdest bowl cut I've ever seen in my life. Or maybe he was wearing a wig. Like, I don't know. But it was so strange. I don't know. Poor guy. Yeah. Poor guy. <sighs> but you want to know the worst thing about this movie? What? Doctor Doom. Oh, holy hell. Oh, was oh awful. my god. I just watching it and like his <sighs> stupid facial expressions. Yeah. Like he's like trying to do like a bad John Barrowman <laughs> impersonation and he just kept like touching his fingers. I know. It was weird. He actually I looked at his face for a second and I was like, "What the hell?" He looked like John Barrowman for a second. Yeah, that's why I just kept thinking, like, this guy's doing, like, he's like a poor man's John Barrowman. Yeah, and which is just, saying a lot. And he just sucked. Yeah. 
No, I. He didn't I even need to be there. It was just at all. Pissing me off. And all of his moments were, again, insanely cliched. Like yeah. the whole, he comes out of the corner right as they talk about him thing when he's in the room, you know, and it's like, was he yeah. just waiting there until somebody mentioned him? Oh, wait, their enemy has to help them stop this other guy. Yeah. And then but the he's whole. He's not really going to help him. Yeah. Like at all. Like, of course. Because he's Dr. Doom. This is not a twist. <laughs> it was so stupid. And then the fact that, like, they don't win at all. Like, they don't win. <laughs> Silver Surfer wins. Yeah. The Fantastic Four are there as plot devices, and that is it, because they really didn't do anything this entire movie. That's true. They didn't, yeah, they didn't do anything. Exactly. It was it, like they had family drama throughout an action movie that was centered, really, as far as the plot goes, was centered around Silver Surfer and Galactus. But we didn't see Galactus, and we... It's because Galactus was that giant ball of gas. You say that. Here's the thing. If you look in that last scene of Galactus, like, coming in and, you know, Human Torch, or Human Torch, Silver Surfer flies into the thing, you can actually see in the clouds a faint outline of Galactus's helmet. So what well, I think... They kind of showed that, like, in the shadow over yeah. the planet, you could see his helmet yeah. in the shape of his face. Exactly. Yeah. And so I think that the cloud was more his, his way of eating the worlds rather than him. You know, I think that he was, he was in the clouds sort of taking their energy and, and those, that clouds was just his power or his essence sort of eating it. Yeah. Because I think that they intended to sort of like have him in there, just not really in there so that, you know, movie going audiences wouldn't be like, what the fuck, a giant purple guy? But then comic <laughs> audiences would be like, oh, I see that little homage. I think the intent was that Galactus was actually there. He was just surrounded by his mist or whatever. His cosmic mist. Whatever it his was, it was mist. awful. Yeah. No, it was bad. But I, I, I don't think We're Galactus... We're not saying it's good. Yeah. I was so disappointed. <laughs> I'm just saying, people talk about Galactus being a cloud, and I don't necessarily think he was a cloud. I just think he was surrounded yeah. by space farts. I agree. Yeah. But... I definitely <laughs> agree. <laughs> oh, man. That was just... And then the end, like... Silver Surfer just looks like he just flies into the cloud, and yeah. I mean, did he, he just, do anything? Yeah, well, because he lights up and releases some sort of energy that destroys okay. Galactus, which is kind of dumb because it's like, why the fuck would Galactus give him this surfboard if it gives him the power to destroy him anyway? Right? Really dumb. Like bad news. That's move. what I was thinking. Was how's Surfer just taking him out by himself? Yeah, and why the hell didn't he do that before? Like this dude's right? been destroying worlds forever. Because yeah. he didn't care it took until a woman, he met yeah. the blondie. It took a woman that faintly reminds you of your loved one that, like, all of a sudden makes you go, oh, hey, genocide's not cool. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Silver Surfer, you're a dick. <laughs> He's a, a stupid dick, yeah. apparently. He's like, not very smart. At all. And I think He's it's kind of... He's just now figured this out. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And I think it's cute that the studio thought that even after reading this entire script and seeing the production and everything, they still thought that they were going to get a sequel. Because they have the, that moment at the end mm-hmm. where he opens his eye like, oh, that's cute, Fox. You yeah. really thought you were actually going to get something out of this movie. Which tells me that their judgment was so bad that they thought this was good. They're like, ah, oh, it has all the moments. All of them that we've been looking for. The, the family tension and drama of somebody running off and ganging up with the other guy and then the, the wedding drama where Reed's too absorbed in his work because that's always what happens with smart characters. They're too absorbed in their work when they're trying to get married. And then the girl who is an MIT grad, an MIT grad, right, is a fucking idiot. She's so <laughs> stupid. And all she cares about is their goddamn wedding. Ugh. 
Carrie Washington was good, though. She was. I forgot that that was her. I know, right? <laughs> it's crazy. But she was good. She, she was, was good. Which and one was she? She's Ben Grimm's girlfriend. Okay. Alicia. Yeah. Alicia. I've never read Fantastic Four, so I'm like, well, like I've read a tiny bit, but not tons. So I don't really know many of the characters and stuff. But I'm glad you do. <laughs> that's, that's, that's why you guys are here. You're Marvel people. <laughs> I'm not. I just stray over the fence every once in a while. Yeah, overall, just a bad movie. Yeah, you know, I mean, not terrible. I think I think that in our bad movie reviews, we'll find worse movies. Yeah, it, it the only thing I can bad. think of that's worse yeah. is Wolverine Origins. I can think of a few worse. I think that when we get to Ghost Rider: Spirit of Vengeance, we will be oh taking God. back. Those I never words. saw it. That's oh. another one I haven't seen. But. Good. <laughs> The next time we do a bad movie, which I want to I give us a palate cleanser by watching a great movie next weekend. Good, because I don't week. think I could handle another week like this. <laughs> My ha- kids walk in, and they're like, what's Captain America doing in this movie? <laughs> and I'm like, that's before he was Captain America. We're trying to forget about this as we watch it. I did, I did like Chris, Evan, Chris Evans as, as Johnny Storm, actually. He was, no, I thought he, he was, was nice. great. All of his quips were were good, you yeah. know. He I thought was the best part of the movie, really. Yeah. But he was. And it you could tell that they thought it too because they tried to use him a ton at the end. Yes. And so, Well, he was clearly the best actor. I mean, the they've movie. got they've yeah. got some good talent. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know the guy that plays Mr. Fantastic, but Yoan Griffith. Yoan Griffith. He was on a I never show that I name. got ha- caught on to. Yeah. That was great. Which show was that? It was called Forever. It That's was right. Really good. It was canceled after one season, which was disappointing. But I loved it. I think I think he's a good actor. I didn't like him as much in this one as I did in the first Fantastic Four, but he was still good. I mean, he was better yeah. than Jessica Alba or Doctor Doom. But oh god, Doctor Doom. Yeah. Well, I don't even think like his problem was so much him as it was. I mean, writing and yeah, the whole thing just fell apart. Yeah, he's a bad actor. It's really ironic that a guy named Story sucks at creating a story. Right? Like, Jesus, man. It's just so... Like, every single moment was predictable. Was there a single moment in that entire movie where you guys were surprised at all? No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... I think, I think this one sits firmly on, like, the 5 out of 10 spot, where it's like, this is decent only because it used tr- uses tried-and-true methods that make a decent story that doesn't have too many plot holes, except for the gaping one about Silver Surfer just all of a sudden deciding that he was going to be a nice guy. Yeah. But I think if I were to rate it, I'd give it three. Three out of ten? Wow. How about you, Rachel? Eh, four and a half. Four and a half? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm the most optimistic. Just, just because of Doctor Doom. Yeah. Basically, that was my only problem with the whole thing. Is <laughs> Doctor Doom. <laughs> Although, okay, the Stan Lee cameo. Yeah. The fuck? Yeah, that was a boring one. Well, it was boring, and then the fact that he is Stanley, yeah, like, yeah, that he was actually himself in it, and Jesus, it was weird, it was so weird. I, I think he was just like, "Oh, we got to work Stanley in there." Ah, fuck it, he's just Stanley. And then the stupid wedding at the end. The God, that was so fucking God, stupid. Jesus, it was nothing like the first one either. <laughs> she had this dream yeah. wedding, damn it, and then she switches it all around to go to Japan. Because when a silver guy shows up, you change your mind about everything. <laughs> well, that's what happens to me. Right? The last time a silver guy showed up in my <laughs> life, changed everything. 
Mm, <laughs> you went through the gates of Valhalla, shiny and chrome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Once you see that silver guy, everything changes. It's done. It's all... And you can't stop it. No. It's just, it's momentum, <laughs> you know? Can't be stopped. <laughs> Except it did get stopped because, well, they didn't want a sequel because the movie did not do well at all. Thank Jeebus. Yeah. But I think it gives us a nice fresh palette to go into this new Fantastic Four with. <laughs> because, hey, even if it's bad, even if it's bad, there's a good possibility it'll be better than this shit. <laughs> I, I'm optimistic about it. Because, I mean, the one thing that you can tell from the trailers is that it's not generic. I mean, do you disagree? I, I've actually enjoyed the trailers that I've seen. Same. The trailers have built me up a little bit for it, but I still... Not sure I'm going to put that much faith in them yet. I'll probably see it in theaters now, where before the trailers came out, I was not mm. even sold. I'm like, I'm not even going to go to theaters because I'm sick of the Fantastic Four being with Fox completely. <laughs> but now I may go see it in theaters. So I've got... But I'm, the review thing really does bother me. It is interesting that they that they aren't letting anyone review it or screen it, you know. And, and a lot of times that bodes poorly for movies. But there have been movies before that have that have foregone a screening and and done very well. Um, but the 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 reasons that I'm confident about this movie are a few things. First of all, Josh Trank does different things. Did you guys see Chronicle? Yes. Very different movie. I loved that movie. I did too. Super awesome ideas. Um. The second thing that, well, I guess this is more part of the first thing, have you heard his uh, interviews on Fat Man on Batman the last few weeks? No. So he's going to have, it's on Fat Man on Batman, he's been, Kevin Smith has been in, interviewing Josh Trank. Uh, it's going to be like a four-part episode. And the the way that he talks about his projects, and he's started just barely talking about Fantastic Four, they've kind of gotten to that point now. Um, the way that he's talking about it and the ideas that he had and where they came from are all very... First of all, you know, different but interesting. And it sounds like he is paying very good homage to the actual characters. Yeah. Um, he even actually sat down and talked to Stan Lee about some of the ways that he was going and the, and the things that he was going to be doing with the characters. Um, but then on top of that, Fox, over the last three years, has proven that they make some pretty damn good movies. You know, Days of Future Past, fantastic. Kingsman, fantastic. Deadpool looks to be fantastic. Um, even X-Men First Class, great. I loved that one. Yeah. The Wolverine, I thought was really good. Um, you know, I mean, ever since, ever since really X-Men Origins, they've been cranking out some damn good movies. So I'm like, I'm pretty confident in the new Fox, you know, the new direction that they're going with. Yes. Um, they had Matthew Vaughn take a look at it. Uh, Simon Kinberg, who is the producer on Star Wars Rebels, um, as well as most of the X-Men movies recently. Has taken a he took a pass on the screenplay and also helped in editing and things like that, and then the fact that like from everything we're seeing in the previews, it looks anything but generic, which is great for me because both of the first Fantastic Four movies were so generic that it killed me. I mean, I'm alive, but it killed me. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike Matt, I'm alive. Yes. Rest <laughs> in peace, Matt. So, so take this terrible movie, let it marinate in your mouth for a little while. And then go and watch the new one with, with a very floor-level expectation and, and see how it does. But what do you guys think we should do for our movie review next week? 
pick something that is generally viewed as a great movie. You know, so we've got things like um, Winter Soldier, Dark Knight, Avengers. Uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of you know, uh, Days of Future Past. Um, tons of stuff out there. X Men Two. What do you think? Maybe we should do a a DC since we did a Marvel. That's true. Last time. That's true. I think. I think it's got to be either The Dark Knight or one of the first two Superman movies. The Richard Donner Superman movies. Hmm. What do you guys think? There's 1979's Superman. There's 1983, 82's Superman 2, the Richard Donner cut, though, not the studio cut. Um, or Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight from 2008. Let's do Superman 2. Superman 2? It's a good one. Man, I loved that one growing up. Oh, yeah. All right. Is Sup- that the one with Niagara Falls? Because that one traumatized me as a child. That's the one with Zod. Yeah, that's the one with Zod and... and uh, I seriously two. was so yeah. scared of Niagara Falls really? when I was little. <laughs> <laughs> I think at some point for our bad movies, we got to watch Superman 4, Quest oh, for Peace. God. It's going to be so fun. I vaguely remember that one. It's been... It's very forgettable. I was probably like five when I saw that one last. Yeah. But, uh, okay, so so for our good movie or great movie review, next week we'll be watching Superman 2, the Richard Donner cut. Because, God damn it, <laughs> they kicked him out halfway through production. Well, not halfway through production, but they, in post-production, decided to reshoot a bunch of the scenes and reorder a bunch of stuff. And so for this theater release, wasn't near as good as, as what it is in the Richard Donner release. And that's why you will never find the theater release, because they realized what they had done. And then Richard Donner was like, fuck you guys, I'm not coming back. And then he went and did, uh, oh shit. It's the fucking movie he did with, uh, shit, was it Denzel that he, god damn it. Now I have to know, I have to know! <laughs> what did Richard Donner do after wow. freaking. Because he did, he did a bunch of good movies. Was it, it wasn't Lethal Weapon, was it? Um, shit. It totally was Lethal Weapon. The entire Lethal Weapon franchise with Mel Gibson and Danny Glover. Denzel Washington's not in that. He's not in that. I was thinking, um, for some reason, I was thinking Training Day. Oh. <laughs> I know. That's quite the jump. Very different. Well, I mean, it's somewhat similar to Lethal Weapon. I just mean a time jump. Oh, yeah. Time jump. Very big time jump. <laughs> um, <laughs> or no, not even Training Day. It was, um, shit, the Shane Black movie. Um, fuck. Shane Black. I'm doing a lot of IMDb research on this episode. Oh, Richard Donner also did The Goonies. I forgot about that. Um, oh, huh. They're the same thing. Lethal Weapon. Yep. That's the Shane Black movie. He wrote it and Richard Donner directed it. That makes sense. <laughs> makes a lot of sense. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's what we'll be reviewing next week. But guys, what else is on your mind today? They're starting Hercules up in Marvel Comics again. I saw that. Which made me think about one of your theories about them replacing all of our Avengers in the MCU. What if they introduce Hercules to replace Thor? They could. I think here's the problem with Hercules is we've had thousands of takes on Hercules. You know, there's the, even the Dwayne Johnson movie from what last year that's on Netflix already. Um, 
And so I feel like if Marvel were to introduce Hercules, it would kind of get mired in confusion with a lot of other franchises. Um, whereas with Thor, there's not really a lot of mainstream takes on Thor. Marvel's take on Thor is kind of the popular one, unless you live in you know Northern Europe. Um, and so I don't know if they would in the in the so movies, maybe they don't introduce him in solo movies. Maybe they just keep introduce him, in him maybe as part of like the big Avengers as one of the characters. They could, I guess the. I don't know. I feel like they won't have a stand-in for Thor. Because Joss Whedon and, and other directors have said, like, Thor is the hardest part of these Marvel movies. Because especially in Avengers, like, you have to find something for Thor to do while drama is actually happening, because usually Thor can solve it. You know? Age of Ultron, if Thor had been there the entire time, would have been over a lot quicker. You know? Yeah, pretty much. So it's like... I, I don't think they need a Thor stand. I think they're, Marvel is, you know, I think after Infinity War, Marvel's going to really bring things back to ground level. You know, like we've got, you know, Bucky, uh, War Machine, Ant-Man, uh, uh, Falcon, you know, a lot of unpowered people that just have cool technology. Hmm. Um, you know, and we'll have Doctor Strange, who's magic, and we'll have, you know, Captain Marvel, who is somewhat of a sci-fi character, but not like a god. And I think she'll probably be the most powered person in the MCU after Infinity War. Because I think after going that grand, doing a two-part movie that's a giant space opera, I think after that they'll want to kind of bring it back down to movies like Civil War and Winter Soldier and, and that type of thing, and then have the other part where there's you know some sci-fi with Guardians and then some magic stuff with Doctor Strange. But I don't know. That's just what that's I feel like. That's an interesting take on it. Yeah. That's what I feel like. It does going make towards. you wonder where they're going after Infinity War because I mean it's so big. Mm-hmm. I mean, do they continue going? Well, I guess they're going to, but how far do they continue going until they decide that they need a whole universe reboot? Yeah, I mean they'll they'll keep going into Phase Four and Phase Five and stuff, but I do wonder how far they'll keep going before they just reboot it and make another Iron Man. I bet it would have to be at least another. 15 years. I mean, do you think we're ever going to get another big thing like, say they go Secret Wars Mm -hmm. down the road or something like that? I think it's... it's, uh, Could you see them doing a Secret Wars thing in the movies? No. I I couldn't. I mean, where else do you go from Infinity War, though? Well, that's what I mean is after Infinity War, take it back down to ground level. You have movies that involve Inhumans. You still have Bucky on for a lot more movies. You still have, you know, you could probably, I think they have Rhodey on for a few more movies. Falcon's on for a lot more movies. I think he and Bucky are both have on the same timetable as far as contracts go. Um, probably not going to have Robert Downey Jr. after Infinity War. Probably not Chris Evans either. Maybe Chris Hemsworth. Possibly. Um, but at this point, he's he's demanding you know a higher and higher price tag because of the success he's having. And so, I mean, I can see them kind of kicking him to the curb as well. Not kicking him to the curb, but not bringing him back. Because, um, I mean, you look at what they do with their directors. As soon as they hire on, and it's the same thing Mission Impossible is doing now, they hire on a director who's not really demanding a high price because they're Disney, and Disney is notorious for cost-cutting. Um, they hire on a director at a low price. They do a movie, do well, and then demand a higher price after that and go to other studios and get signed on for bigger movies. Joss Whedon did it. You know, uh, John Favreau has sort of done it. Well, with John Favreau, he's kind of gone to do his own projects, but at the rate that they would want him to direct Iron Man, 
you know, he, they're not going to hire him for it. Um, Shane Black, they did it with. They did it with Kenneth Branagh, with Alan Taylor, with, you know, basically all of their directors, except the Russo brothers, who are going to be on until at least Infinity War. They bring them on low, and then once they get that higher price tag, they kick them off. And I think they'll do that with actors as well, you know? I would see it. Because Robert Downey Jr., big, huge dent in the budget right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He is accounting for a lot of budget. I mean, his the budget on Iron Man 3 was $30 million higher than the budget on Winter Soldier because of Robert Downey Jr. $30 million higher budget. Wow. Yeah, right? And the budget on Age of Ultron was $20 million higher than the first Avengers because Robert Downey Jr. But he's worth it. He's worth it. But at <laughs> oh, yeah. some point, he's not going to be worth it anymore. Yeah, that's and I true. think Civil War is the test of that. I think it was Geek Show that was talking about it um, two weeks ago. Uh-huh. How the deal between Sony and Marvel does open up the door a little bit more for, say, like an Avengers versus X-Men or something like that. Because if they if this gets pulled off where Sony and Marvel do it successfully and both come out on top, it gives both studios incentive to maybe open that up. Here's the flaw with that. So I, I, I see where, where they're coming from on that. And I see why people are getting excited, you know, oh, because they made a deal with Sony, you know, they, they now have the ability to make a deal with, with Fox or whatever. But about the ceiling for, for any movies right now is, is $1.5 billion. That's pretty much the ceiling. That's what Avengers made. Avengers 2 didn't make near as much. Um, and, you know, they're right in that billion to billion and a half range. The highest grossing X-Men movie made $700 million. The budget on these movies is around $200 million, $250 million in that range. They take that budget and then add in the entire ensemble cast of the other universe's movies. They're going up over three hundred to four hundred million, which at that point becomes too high of a cost to actually risk it. Because if it flops, if they don't do well, it is a giant dent. And then splitting the cost between the two studios. Exactly. And so I don't so. think either studio would want to make that deal because they're both ensemble casts. You know what I mean? I mean, maybe if you did like a Spider-Man teams up with the Fantastic Four or something like that, that's easier to do. But if they're doing X-Men versus Avengers, they're having the entire ensemble of both universes, which would at least cost $300, $350 million. Actually, oh, that would be over $400 million easily because you've got, you would have to have Michael Fassbender being paid on that. You know, because let's, let's look at Age of Ultron. That's a $250 million budget just on that Marvel movie. Then you add in Michael Fassbender, James McAvoy. Um, Hugh Jackman wouldn't be there anymore. But you've also got um, Sophie Turner, who's going to start getting a higher price tag because of Game of Thrones and then X-Men. You've also got, you know, I mean, if they bring in one of the villains like Apocalypse, you've got Oscar Isaac to pay. You've got, you know, the director, Brian Singer, would have to be involved because he's involved in everything to do with X-Men. So then you've got his salary, which is high because Brian Singer brings in box office success. Plus you've got the Marvel people to pay. You know, the director on whatever, you know, they probably have the Russo brothers involved on that who demand a very high price tag. It just doesn't make feasible sense because at that point you're at a $400 million budget. So your return optimistically, your return is going to be 800,000 or I mean 800 million, sorry, not thousands. <laughs> and they get an 800 million, $800 million return on a lot of other movies that are a lot lower budget. You know, yeah. they got an $800 million return on Iron Man three and they didn't have to pay near as many people for that work out near as much logistics, you know, just easier. 
plus for the time that that takes up, they could probably be making two movies in that time. So, plus then you would have to split it with the other studio. Yeah. So if they want to split eight hundred million in half, make four hundred million dollars, which is what they make on every movie they make, at least. Even Ant Man is going to end up making them four hundred million dollars, and it's not doing well. So for each studio to make four hundred million dollars to deal with that nightmare. Two ensemble casts, plus the producers in both studios, plus making sure that everyone gets their moments and both studios are happy with how much character time? Fuck no. This they want to do happen. it for me. <laughs> <laughs> I just, up until Marvel owns all the characters, it's not going to happen. And Which I, is the biggest reason why I kind of hope that Fantastic Four flops. I don't, because if Fantastic... I do, just because I want to see Fantastic Four back in Marvel... I've come to the point now where I'm okay with Mm X-Men being in a separate universe because they're already separate enough. Yeah. (laughs) But Fantastic Four, I think, should be. But even the Fantastic Four have always been separate. They're always off doing something in space. They're very... Well, there's a lot of big events events that they're involved in. But, see, and and this is the biggest thing, is, is Marvel gets the rights back to Fantastic Four. I think it's another five years before we get a Fantastic Four movie, at the very minimum. You know, I'm we fine with that if we get a good one. And that's, that's, that's my problem. Is like, I think that in those five years, Fox could be working on, on something successful. I don't want it to flop. I want it to be good yeah. and amazing because Fantastic Four deserves that. Oh, yeah. And, well, and I bet you if this, like, because first of all, I, because of the way Josh Trank has, has kind of been and some of the issues with him over this movie, I think the next movie isn't going to be handled by Josh Trank. And I bet you the next person in line is Matthew Vaughn who did Kingsman and Kick-Ass and X-Men First Class. That's going to be a good movie if Matthew Vaughn does it. You know what I mean? If they yes. follow up and do a sequel for that. And so it's just... And, and the Fantastic Four would be underutilized in the MCU because they have so many other characters, so many other actors' contracts to, to fulfill that... I agree. I just don't see them fitting in very well because just because of the fact that we wouldn't get much with them. Just like Ghost Rider has been owned, you know, Ghost Rider and Blade have both been owned by Marvel for a good time now, but we're not seeing anything from them because it's not part of the plan. You know, Punisher even took a while, and now it's just going to be a Netflix, which is fine by me. Oh yeah, I'm fine but, with that. You know, well, I mean, I think in a way with the Netflix, I mean, we get better quality because we're going to get the nice Netflix quality TV show that we get more time with the character. And, yeah. I mean, you can still introduce these characters into the actual movies. Oh, totally. And, and, and they've, so. they've already talked about that possibility. And I like that. Don't get me wrong. I just think for the Fantastic Four, there's no way to do a Fantastic Four Netflix series, which means no. it has to be a movie. Yes. And the first time we could get a movie for them would be 2020 or 2021, after Infinity War and after Inhumans. And so it's like... Well, and that's the different or disappointing part is that, I mean, we wouldn't get it before some of these big events that they could be involved yeah. in. At this point, the Fantastic Four, there's absolutely no way they'd be involved in Infinity War. Because no. they've already got too many actors to pay. Exactly. They've already got the Russo brothers to pay. And just the screen time well, in general. Well, it's too late. I yeah. mean, Things we're already, already been setting up, and then to introduce characters like the Fantastic Four now wouldn't make sense. Well, and I don't think Marvel has any expectation to get back any of the characters from Fox at this point. You know, I mean, I think maybe they're hoping that possibly if Fantastic Four flops, then Fox goes looking to sell the rights back to Marvel early. Well, and I mean, it's not even so much the Fantastic Four even either. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, Galactus. I'd like to see him in the MCU. Yeah. That would be fucking awesome. There are a lot of Silver Surfer. True. I mean, it's it's you do not have a good just point there. those four. 
It's everybody else comes back yeah. into the MCU. You do and have a good point would... there, where Silver Surfer, Galactus, um, the Scrolls. Uh, there are there are a few, you know, key elements of the MCU missing that are part of the Fantastic Four continuity. Um, all the people that are talking about Namor, he's not owned by Fox. He's not owned by Marvel. He's actually owned by Universal. So Namor's pretty much out of the question. Because I've heard a few people Which talking. Makes me sad. I know. <laughs> I've heard a few people talking about like and I why Universal shows up keeps. And, Holding on to him. I mean, what are they going to make a Namor movie now that they kind of own rights to Incredible Hulk, but don't really completely? Well, it's not now. They've always owned rights to Incredible Hulk, Um, but it's just now that it's the distribution. Now it's like, yeah, they. Yeah. Well, so it's a weird agreement. Well, it's yeah, it's basically so for because Marvel wanted to when they started the MCU, they wanted Iron Man, and then they wanted a character who had a lot of name recognition. And so they decided that because the Hulk movie flopped, it would be a lot easier to get rights to Hulk than it would be to Spider-Man, who was their other most recognizable character, or Wolverine, who was probably you know the second most at that time after the movies. So they decided, okay, we've got you know Spider-Man, Wolverine, and Hulk are our three most recognizable characters. One of them is coming at a low price. So they go after you know Universal and they go, hey, what's it going to take for us to be able to make a Hulk movie? Because we want to establish this universe, but we want a character people are going to recognize. Um, and Universal goes, well... We're not selling you the rights. We will share the profit with you, and we will give you the production rights. But as far as distribution goes, DVD sales, all that stuff, it's going to us. We're going to keep that. So you can keep the box office, and we'll keep the DVDs. Which is paying off for them, because Incredible Hulk has done a lot better on home video than it did in theaters. Which is surprising. <laughs> like, Because for that gamble, for that negotiation they had yeah. to do, The Incredible Hulk is their least successful movie. <laughs> which is surprising. And I don't think they would have predicted that going into it. No. But, uh, yeah. And so that, that's how that ended up that way. And I'm sure they're basically holding on to Namor because at some point Marvel is going to have some director that really wants to use him. Because then they're going to be coming <laughs> like, hey, Universal, can you please sell us Namor? So I bet that's, that's why they're holding on. Pretty lame gamble. I mean. It is, but. Then again, we're seeing Ant-Man on screen now. But, yeah, I mean. Somebody might Edgar want Wright to have was Susan running up Lee to Breed. do Ant Man. <laughs> She'll go off. With I want to make a Namor movie. I love Namor. I like I'm Namor like, too. <laughs> I love him. No, and I think it is kind of sad he's that he's sexy. Like <laughs> Sue Lee Reed. Even I just think Reed he's rapey. sexy too. But man, Namor. Reed's got capabilities though. Reed I, can do things that yeah, Namor would never be able to do. Reed is awesome, but like Namor is just. <sighs> <laughs> That scene in Civil War when he's like when he's getting really rapey. That he says that he can like feel her heart beating in the water. Uh-huh. Like he knows that she's like excited. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's the scene that gets you. That that's what gets me. I'm that's like, oh, hi Namor. <laughs> See, so <laughs> Civil War, on huh. Mr. Fantastic's brain. <laughs> that guy's smart as shit. Oh well, yeah. And I really he can I, stretch things. He can stretch things, and that's what I've always <laughs> oh, thought. Yeah. Is like there there have been a few powers that I've always wanted. You know, like super speed is one power that I've always wanted. But at the same time, like being able to stretch and, and do Mister Fantastic stuff, that's probably in my top five. <laughs> just because that presents a lot of possibilities oh, to you. Yeah. First yeah. of all, you will never be out of reach of anything again. You can always reach the high stuff, which for me is never really that much of a problem. But at the same time, it's like I don't need a ladder to get up on the roof. <laughs> so that's cool. You know, and you can do parkour a lot easier. Parkour is way easy when you can stretch out your arms. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, there's that. Plus, yeah, I mean, the in bed benefits are are phenomenal. 
Because, yeah. I mean, you'd get a reputation real fast. <laughs> well, yeah. So it's like, hey, what's up, Jennifer Lawrence? But at the same time, I, <laughs> I don't know if I would want that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, now that it, I think about ruined. it. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Well, because it's, I mean, obviously, like, you know, Mr. Fantastic probably tailors his, his abilities to... <laughs> Sue's preferences. Oh, exactly. So it's not like he's overwhelming her all the time or anything. <laughs> is all I'm saying. No, he he can make it she perfect. Knows. Yeah, she knows. <laughs> she knows he can do whatever he wants. But then it's like, okay, I'm you know this is this is about you, and so it's 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 you know unless you're a dick. If you're a total dick, then yeah, you're just gonna be that guy that's just like, oh, yeah. look at open. Could you imagine middle of sex? She's like longer, longer, longer. <laughs> Shit. Oh dear. All right. <laughs> So we'll move on past that. Yeah, let's move on. Please. Yeah. But <laughs> no, so to bring it back to the original topic, I think phase four and, and beyond is going to be very much more grounded. And I think we'll deal a lot with the inhumans and maybe, you know, type of a secret invasion type of story, which would be super fun. I would like to see that. Because I think they'll be, now that they're after Infinity War, I think it'll be kind of like a bridge to phase four. You know, where they take Infinity War and the things that happen, and they're like, oh, look at these new people, and now we're going to do a bunch of movies about them. Be cool. That, that's, that's how studio people talk. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly that's Kevin like Feige. That. That's yeah. just Kevin Feige in all of his meetings. He's like, all right, guys, all right, check it out, check it out, check it out, check it out. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, we got, we got Infinity War. You know, it was a crazy space stuff. And then, oh, and look at all this space stuff. And then, oh, look at these new guys. And we got the movies. That's Kevin Feige. He just does that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've had a lot of conversations. And that's all he it does. It sounds just like him. Yeah. I know. My Kevin Feige impression is notoriously amazing. I thought you were him for a little while. Right? I did too. I People thought I was us. sitting here at the table with, with Kevin, Kevin Feige. Feige. Yeah. Maybe yeah, it'll happen at some point. Maybe it'll happen. Savage Land takes over the world. Kevin Feige's in here. Maybe. You know? He's in the Savage Land, mic'd up. Ready to go. <laughs> that's the dream. That is the dream. I would love I would seriously dream. like there's probably no other person in this world that I would rather meet than Kevin Feige and just like talk to him for an hour. The shit that I could dig out of that guy's brain. You know? Yeah. It's mm. one of those guys. Like like if there were one person who I could swap careers with in the entire world, even considering Bill Gates and all those people, I'd be Kevin Feige. Dude, his job would be so much. His job's fun. amazing. In terms of my world, he holds the big red button. <laughs> you know? He could destroy my world at any time. That is true. It's, now that I think about it. Yeah. You know, I mean, once the DC movies get rolling, then I'll kind of have two smaller red buttons. But I mean, right now, it's not like Zack Snyder holds that big of a red button because, like, at any moment, I'm like, Zack Snyder could implode. But with Kevin Feige, you're just like, damn, you're so good. So good. The DC movies are another thing that's been on my mind this last week. Yeah. Why does everybody want the studios to get along? I, I, don't I mean, really care I for think a rivalry. that I, I love it because it drives both studios to get better. Yeah. Had Marvel not blown up like this, do you think we'd have the slate of DC that we have? I don't think that we would have the well. The yes, rivalry is great. I say yes for the reason that they were going to establish a shared universe back in 2006, but Christopher Nolan prevented them from doing that. And so they already had those plans, and I think after Nolan finished up his trilogy, then DC would have been like, all right, now that he's done, let's get it started. Um, and by the way, the, the, the extended universe that they were looking to establish back in 2006 with George Miller would have been fucking incredible. Like, the script for Justice League Mortal is one of the, like, most... the most comic booky movies that I've 
ever read a script for or even, you know, seen or anything. Like, it was so far beyond any movie at that point, you know, because we were still in the middle of, like, X-Men and Spider-Man where they're, like, trying to make comic book movies but kind of keep them, you know, grounded where they're not getting too out of hand. This script was, like, the most insane, like, operatic, like, just bleeding with comic book all over the place. Just oozing it from every pore. It was so good, you know. There was and like it went through so much. Like in this movie, we get Barry Allen as the Flash, and then him dying and Wally West taking over for him. Like we get Wonder Woman being a badass. We get Superman being controlled and fighting Wonder Woman, and having this big badass <laughs> battle where Aquaman even steps in and like helps out the fight with a bunch of, with twelve um, orca whales. Like. It's insane, and like Max Lord is involved. Orcas, I know, (laughs) be amazing. And that's why I've been, I've been like tweeting. I've done this like five times now, where I've like tweeted to a bunch of people at DC, like make fucking comic book adaptations of your abandoned scripts, because they have so many. Like Joss Whedon's Wonder Woman was again so good. Like if if the Wonder Woman movie that we get in 2017 is anywhere near as good as Joss Whedon's script, I will be so fucking happy. Like. And they have so many. Superman Lives from Tim Burton and Kevin Smith. Hmm. They turned that into a comic book. It was starring Nicolas Cage as Superman. Oh, that one. Yeah. If that, like, they have so many just scripts that were just done. They have the rights to, and they're just sitting there doing nothing. Why the hell not make some money off of it? Because you could probably, you know, even though it's like 10 years later now, make back some of the money you paid the person to write the script in the first place. Plus, people would love it, you know? You have this entire... Like, they could have an entire line of just original graphic novels that are adaptations of abandoned movie scripts. Start off with Superman Lives, do Justice League Mortal, do Joss Whedon's Wonder Woman. It's not a bad idea. Yeah. We had uh, David Goyer did a pass on a Flash movie. Um, There was, I mean, like, so many that just got kicked to the curb, you know? There was even a um, Batman-Superman movie that was proposed back in 2003 or four. It was abandoned. Like that—that's at least you know a few years of of people releasing original graphic novels that DC could cash in on. Because I would buy all of them, <laughs> you know. Because like seeing, especially for Justice League Mortal, they had they had storyboards done. They had costumes made by the same people by Weta who did the Lord of the Rings costumes and did Avatar and like they, so many awesome things. Can you imagine how good those costumes must have looked? Yeah. Like, the cast will talk about it, and, like, every time the cast, you know, the, the people who were cast in that movie, every time yeah. they talk about the costumes that they had and stuff, they, like, light up when they're talking about how these movies were. Like, Army Hammer goes nuts when anyone brings up this movie. That's sad. I know. Because it was going to be so good. They were all, like, down in Australia with George Miller, ready to shoot, and it got called off. That's shitty. I know. It's because Australia um, told them they had to recast some of the people because they wanted more Australian actors in it, which was dumb. Um, and then uh, Christopher Nolan had his big problem with it because he didn't want another Batman existing while his Batman existed because Christopher Nolan is an egotistical prick. Christopher Nolan's kind of like Alan Moore in a way that I love his work, but I hate him as a person. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's just so selfish and egotistical. Um, but yeah, like they were ready to go. They had already done costume tests and everything like that. Like apparently Batman's suit was a lot like... Um, like similar to what we're going to be seeing where it was like a lot of, you know, like mechanism to it where there was a lot of sort of enhancement to what he had. Um, but he had multiple suits in the movie. Um, Wonder Woman had apparently a beautiful costume and the actress that they cast to play her was like six, six or something like that. Like she's a big woman, but she looks really good. Like she's an attractive woman. Um, 
Superman was going to be DJ Catrona, who's like, I think half Latino, but actually looks the part. Um, you know, I mean, oh, the Chekhov from Star Trek. Yeah. He was going to be Wally West. Oh, yeah. I could see that. Right? <laughs> he was going to be the cute little nephew that takes over his flash at the end. That like, sounds so cute. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Jeez, like, ah. And Talia Al Ghul was in the script. And, oh. and that was another reason why Chris Nolan oh. had a problem because he was like, I'm going to use her at some point. But yeah, everything about it was just so fucking great. Like, I, I've read the script three times now. And every time I read it, I'm like, holy shit. And I'm like picturing these scenes in my mind. Like, the moment where Barry dies is so touching. Like, Wally West, like, runs after him, like, is talking to him about it. And Barry's like, Wally, I've got to do this. Like, same in the world. And they have, like, this moment where they, like, connect at the end. And Wally's like, you know, I have to go. Bye, you know, and just disappears into the speed force. And, like, ah, so touching. And Wally comes out of the speed force holding Barry's costume. Oh, jeez. Like, it was so, ah. Mm. So good. So good. But yeah, I, I really just want them to make these into graphic novels because there's no reason not to. They're already going in a new direction. So what the fuck? What the they fuck, guys? They need to listen to you, apparently. They need to listen to me. I, I should be <laughs> Kevin Feige over at DC. You should. But no, for, but for real, though, like, this is a quick just... Well, I think that's one thing that separates Kevin Feige. He's a fan. Oh, totally. He is. Well, and, he and, is one of us that's calling the shots. Yeah. Well, and Zach, so Zack Snyder is a big comic book fan. He was heavily influenced by comic books growing up. That's why he's done movies like 300, like Sucker Punch, like Watchmen, and, and now the Superman and Batman movies. Because he is a big comic book fan. But the stuff he's a fan of is like Frank Miller. And, mm. you know, the the violent side of Watchmen and... Things like that. And so he's kind of, he's a bit of a bro, you know. I bet he does CrossFit. He looks like he does CrossFit. Oh, jeez. And so it's like sometimes with Zack Snyder, I'm like, all right, take it easy there. Calm down. A little, much, a little too much testosterone here. But at the same time, he is still a huge fan. It's just the stuff that he's a fan of is different from the stuff that most people are a fan of at this point. Because I don't think Dark Knight Returns has held up very well recently. And a lot of Frank Miller stuff in general. Um... But yeah, I, st- I still do like Zack Snyder. I just don't think he's the guy to be calling the shots on everything, you know, or Chris Nolan, because Chris Nolan's not a fan at all, really. Yeah. He took Batman and was like, shit, I need to make this guy work in the real world because none of this comic book shit's going to fly on screen. <laughs> and so he brought in David Goyer just to be like, hey, you know stuff about Batman, so I'm going to ask you things and just tell me if that would fit or not. <laughs> so that's the extent of his Batman fandom. Jeez, that's disappointing. I know. And that's like the only reason that there's comic book homages in the Dark Knight movies is because David Goyer was there to be like, hey, you should throw something like this in, you know, (laughs) which is one reason I appreciate him. But he also sucks. He's the reason (laughs) that Green Lantern was terrible. So it's a double edged sword with Goyer. That's also disappointing. (laughs) Yeah, I know. There's so many people at DC where you're like, yeah, no. Same with Tim Burton. He makes Batman, and then he makes Batman Returns. And then Joel Schumacher, well, Joel Schumacher was just bad. Because rewatching Batman Forever, even now, I'm like, uh, no. But my big ask is that anyone listening to this podcast who has even a mild interest in seeing a Wonder Woman movie from Joss Whedon or a Justice League movie from George Miller, if you guys don't know who George Miller is, he's Mad Max guy. Or babe guy, depending on which, which, which one you're more of a fan of. Cloudy with a chance, chance of meatballs. meatballs. <laughs> but no, if, if you have any interest in seeing those, 
tweet DC Comics or Jeff Johns or or Warner Brothers or whatever. Just like tweet them, asking them to do it, and maybe we can annoy them enough that they'll finally do it. Because <laughs> I just I really want to make this happen, and I've tweeted them a few times, but I'm just one man. I'm just one man with a with a small voice. We got to get many people. We got to get the entire Savage Land petitioning for it. Okay. So yeah, I, I'm on board. Hashtag DC Rebirth. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Our savage nation. Yeah, the savage nation <laughs> land. Guys, people, women. Guys and gal. Savage and, groupies. And ghost. And ghost. And g- g- ghost. <laughs> g- 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 ghost. <laughs> ruh, ruh. That was a terrible Scooby-Doo. Ruh, ruh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I think that wraps it up for the Savage Land this week. Um, next week or the week after, we'll have Black Mirror, Batman Black Mirror, not the British BBC show that's supposed to be really good, but I haven't seen yet. How have you not oh, seen that yet? What is wrong with you? I know. It's like a fucked up Twilight Zone. I know. I'm really fucked up Twilight I need to watch it. Zone. I need to watch it, and I will you at some do. point. If anybody out there hasn't seen Black Mirror... Watch it. It's yes. on Netflix, I believe, still. <laughs> watch it right now. But don't watch it with children in the room? No. Especially <laughs> the first episode. Yeah, the first episode <laughs> is definitely not kid-friendly. Later on, they can be a little bit more, but I would, but in general, really leave kids all. out of the room completely <laughs> for the most part. Yeah. I'll, I'll get around to watching it soon. Um, so, so we'll have our, our Batman Black Mirror review. After that, we will be doing Five Ghosts. Is that correct? Yes. From Image Comics. Um, and then for our next movie review, which will be next week, we will be reviewing Superman 2, the Richard Donner cut. And until then, uh, you can find us on social networks at, uh, Savage Land Podcast on Facebook or Savage Land Pod on Twitter. You can also go to savagelandpodcast.com to, uh, find our podcast feed, um, or show.savagelandpodcast.com if you're on a phone. I think I'm just going to start telling people to go there because it works on both. Not as good looking on a computer, but it still works, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But until next week, Savages, we will see you later. And I forgot that I was going to, like, you know, play us out with something. So we're just going to have some dead air here for a second. I'll probably just, I'll probably, you know, edit this out. Or if you're hearing this, I didn't edit it out because I don't care about you. (laughs) I'm just kidding. How rude. We hate you too, Jason. <laughs> I care about everyone. I'm totally kidding. I love our listeners and I love all the savages out there. We'll play out with the Seven Nation Army remix by the Glitch Mob. Hell Hydra. <laughs> <laughs>